All right. And three, two, one. of Couch Confessions. I'm your host, Jonathan, and today we have a very special episode. So in addition to our two regulars, David and Zach, we also have their lovely wives joining us in this very special episode about marriage. Um, So uh, we have David's wife, if you want to introduce yourself. Hey guys, I'm Sarah. Glad to be here with y'all. All right. And then we have Zach's wife as well, if you want to introduce yourself. I'm Lindsay. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to have you guys. Um, it's it's really interesting. So both of you ladies could have equal part in our whole Borderline Heretic Studios. Uh, I mean, Lindsay, you have uh, as much, if not more, credentials than, than most of us guys. Your, your major is in TEFL, right? That's what you got your degree in, correct? Uh, intercultural Community Development and TEFL on the side. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So close. Uh, but that was also from the same school that, that we went to. And so you also have that Bible degree that we all have. Um, and so you've got that same uh, ability that, that any of, I mean, I could have subbed you in for Zach on any episode up to this point. <laughs> it would have been an improvement. Yeah. Probably so. And, and then, Sarah, you've been uh, a part of so many of our fireside discussions and have had to argue with, with David, myself, and, and Thomas uh, plenty of times. So you could have gone toe-to-toe with any of us in our episodes. Sure, for sure. I never have trouble arguing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm glad to have you both here on this episode. We've got some interesting uh, discussion ahead, I'm sure, um, so as, as a single person, I have some questions about married life. Um, it's always okay. good. <laughs> it's always good to, to have some married couples around you just to get some insights into that world. And so I wanted to, uh, to have the couples on here to answer some of these burning questions that I have about married life. Um, if you'd be so interested in answering them for me. Well, yes, for sure. We're so full of all types of wisdom. I'm, like, <laughs> we're, the, we're the utmost authority here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we're happy to give anything we do have. We'll, we'll try to help out, Jonathan. <laughs> I appreciate it. So so just to give a little bit of context, uh, or to, to give your credentials, maybe, how long have y'all been married? So uh, David and Sarah, how long have you been to, uh, together? Uh, almost four years. Yeah, almost four years. Okay. And how long did y'all date before you got married? We, the, from the time that we started dating to the time we got married was exactly one year. Oh, nice. Okay. So did you plan it that way? No, <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. It was nice. You know, it was cute. cute. But you guys also knew each other as friends long before that, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We did know each other for a long time. So there you go. It wasn't like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's great 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 all right uh Lindsay and zach how long have y'all been together so uh next not this coming friday but the following friday makes five years 
Oh, so, congratulations. On our anniversary. We're very excited about that. Um, and we knew each other, well, it was about a year from, no, I, I lengthened the time in my memory. So we started dating on Christmas Day. And November 17th, I proposed to her. Um, and then we were married on May 20th. So not quite a year between each one, but maybe nine months sprints for each of our stages of development in that relationship. And then I was friends with Lindsay, what, two, three years before that? About three. About da three David's showing three. <laughs> three, that's what I counted. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember being there for, uh, well, well, David, your relationship with, with Sarah was kind of a secret. I was surprised, honestly, when, when I found out about y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was it's only because David's so talkative. Yeah. Uh, you you would have known this, Jonathan, if you took him to Taco Bell and those late night Taco Bell were turning me down for it. <laughs> I didn't You're right. know. Secret. Yeah. So, I was just living life dating this guy. I didn't know. It wasn't a secret. Just talk about it in the loop. Yeah. No. 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 It's, it's all good. It's all good. Um. Uh. And then uh, Zach and Lindsay. I mean, I I remember a lot of that saga there, Zach. I remember that whole whole courting of Lindsay and how that all came about. So the, the great convincing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, that's yeah, that's a good name for it. But you convinced her; it worked. You did. <laughs> well, I, I like to say I'm steadfast, not stubborn. I call it stubborn. He calls it steadfast. It works. I like it, Zach. It's stubborn. <laughs> I'm gonna use that. Thanks, Brett. <laughs> that's awesome. Maybe one day we can we can have that as a confessions episode. Just you telling that that whole story. Um, <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, but for sake of time, we'll leave that as a teaser for you guys listening to, to, to listen to more. Maybe we can get that story. Uh, but for sake of time, I want to get to some of these questions that we have, uh, that I have for you guys. Um, so the, the first one, so last week was all about singleness. And one thing that I brought up was just how, as a single person, you begin to understand yourself a little bit better and you can kind of really um, get to know who you are. And then as you transition into, into dating life or into married life, who you are begins to change in light of your spouse, in light of who you're with. Um, and then obviously that continues to change as you have kids. But for, for you guys, how did you, what are some changes that you've noticed about yourself or, or your partner um, when going from that single life into married life, what are some of those significant changes? Um, David and Sarah, we'll start with you. Okay. Um, well, my personal experience and maybe belief, this might not be true for everyone, but I do feel like there are parts of yourself that are maybe impossible to know until you are attached to another person. Like there's just, like you would just never know that about yourself until you were living with another person. That's not just like a family member that you grew up with, but like, you know, someone who just knows you so deeply and, and like that you're attached. I mean, marriage is just, it's a different type of attachment than just to like your mom, your dad, or your, your sister. Right. Like it's just a different attachment. And it's just like, you would, 
there are things about you that just never come out in any other situation. Mm. I mean, I definitely feel like I I don't know if you could fully know yourself until you see yourself and, and experience yourself in those, in those lights and with those people, same thing. I'm sure like with kids, like you, that's the same thing. I'm sure like new things that come out, right. That you would never know before you had kids either. So just like every time you like add a person to your life, it's like all these new things you didn't know before. So that's my personal experience. I definitely feel like there are things that I didn't know. And um, like, I always knew I was a stubborn person and I always knew I was a pretty selfish person, but like there's like an extent to that, that you just didn't know existed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> until until you that a person. Yeah, so um, so that that's that's an interesting take on it, and so maybe that might be the better way of, of phrasing the question. It's not so much that you've changed, but aspects of yourself have been revealed. Right. right. Yeah. That's what I think. Anyway. Like, I, yeah, I think just in my experience of people, and like people do change, and I'm sure you know Zach, the counselor, would you know, argue that point. <laughs> But um, I do kind of think just what I've seen of people is that like what's in them is in them from pretty much birth. Like it seems like who you are is who you are and like just parts of it come out at different times. And sometimes you can work on those parts and like work through them or work them out even. But like they're there and at some point they're going to show up. Like and I I just think that they're always, always there. And some, some parts obviously like with all the different things that could happen in your life you, they might grow out of out of situations but um yeah to me i just think like it is who you are and then and then all of a sudden you see them hmm. okay i like that yeah no i would agree for the most part there david yeah uh, i think the the biggest thing is it's not really I'm going to move away from what she was talking about because I think she's right on that. For me, what's had to change has been uh, thinking about that other person and actually having to take their thoughts into consideration before making decisions. So, you know, I've always, you know, just basically done, I've I've taken people's thoughts and consider, you know, feelings into consideration my whole life. Like everybody that knows me knows that, but like 24, seven, 365, (laughs) 0.25 days out of the year. Right. Um, Having to, I think about it, like I've never had to ask, well, let me check with somebody before I do something. Like, you know, that's never really been on the, on my mind. And so that's, that's been a dramatic change that I've had to make. Yeah. Still not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it, right? Yeah. Totally like We're working on it. All right. So Lindsay and Zach, what about your, your thoughts on this? Yeah. So similar to what Sarah was saying, I believe that marriage is like holding up a mirror to yourself and taking a deep look, a look that you, you never, like Sarah was saying, things that you didn't know about yourself. Um, I wouldn't (laughs) prior to marriage would not have considered myself a particularly stubborn person or especially proud um, or uh, particularly selfish. Not that I didn't think that I had some of those aspects, but marriage really drew out for me. Not that Zach was pointing those things out to me because he wasn't, but just being so closely connected to someone, he saw the good, the bad, and the ugly. And as a more naturally introverted person, I could hide those things from most other people. Mm -hmm. Others don't really know the extent of 
my selfishness or of my pride. But Zach, he gets it all. And so my first year of marriage, especially, um, was a shock of cold water to myself and realizing all the areas I needed to grow. So that's what I would say. Yeah. So I like your, your slight uh, addendum, Jonathan, about uh, as you learn more about yourself over the time that it's developed, that is definitely one thing that is the case. Um, but I would also still argue that you do change um, from singleness to married. Um, and I was telling Lindsay and I were talking about this earlier this evening. Um, you know, I would hope that I uh, I changed as far as being a bachelor to being a married man. <laughs> I would hope that my uh, my cleaning would have changed from bachelor status to married status. I would hope that my cooking changed from bachelor status to married status. So there, there are some good changes that happen there. Um, oh, that's good. Thank you. Um, but there, there's also the same idea when it comes to salvation, that we come to Christ and our, our genetics don't change. Our previous experience doesn't change. The things that got us to that point don't change. Our personalities, for the most part, don't change. And yet, all of a sudden, we're made anew. And I, I think it's very similar in marriage, not to say that getting married is equivalent to being saved. Don't hear that. But it's that similar principle that, okay, there's a lot of things that are the same that are here, um, but now there's going to be more. There's going to be more that takes place. Because um, mm-hmm. that's something that Lindsay does for me. Every time I interact with her, she makes me a better person. So I'm constantly changing and morphing and working to improve myself as a result of that because I want to be the best for her because there is responsibility involved. And I know we, we'll get into that later on, but um, yeah, there, there's, you know, like David was saying, the everything I do now is filtered through my wife and kids. Um, I'm probably not going to jump out of an airplane anytime soon. You know, skydiving is something I didn't do before marriage. I haven't done it yet. You know, it might be a little while before I do it. You know, uh, going and working a, a summer out in Yellowstone National Park, um, you know, would totally do it before marriage. Uh, and in fact, I would argue it was part of the, the great convincing. Um, but <laughs> I would really do it now because I've got two boys with me. So, you know, there's, there's just certain things that change. And it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just the natural progression. Zach, I, uh, I liked uh, what you just said. I, I think it's a particular uh, worldview now that we look through in marriage, right? So that lens... Uh, that shapes us. So we, as married people, you have a different worldview because of the new responsibilities that you have. A a question that kind of came to me while you guys were were, were talking about this. Um, And, and don't, don't, you know, you don't need to go too personal with this, but it's just something that, that's, that both of, both of these, uh, both of you guys, groups, couples have said kind of from that is a, a, about some of uh, exposing some of that, who you are, and, and seeing, Lindsay, you were saying the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, again, don't you don't have to get too, I mean, this couch confessions, but you don't have to confess too much. How, how was that process of exposing who you were, of having somebody see you, um, who you are because I mean we all have those things those faces that we hide from certain people or those aspects of ourselves but marriage is, is a very you know it's the most intimate of relationships 
So how was that process of, of having somebody know you? Um, so, yeah, let me jump in real quick on that. So there's a couple of fundamental things to remember is that one, as humans, we have such a strong innate desire to be known. Mm. So there's that part of the equation. Um, but you also brought up a good point that we also have masks um, or roles or uh, different faces we put on. And there's a good reason for that. Um, but that also can complicate things. Um, and then it also comes to, you know, in, in marriage kind of conferences and things like that, they'll say communication is an important part of your marriage. Make sure to communicate. And a lot of people don't elaborate what that means. Mm -hmm. um, so when it comes to communication, it's like, all right, are you guys on the same values? Do you guys actually share your thoughts with one another? Is your experiences as individuals and as a unit, are you guys on in the same page with that? Um, so when it, your, your question about like, what is it like to expose yourself to the other person? Um, I don't necessarily know uh, if it's something where it's like, all right, Lindsay, you ready to get to know each other? Like, I don't know if it was quite like that. Um, but I think it was a lot more of a, a natural element of just, oh, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> Night and day different. Yeah. Yes. There, there is a right way to do the toilet paper. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so I've learned. And on that note, if it doesn't matter, you know, just on the toilet paper roll thing, that didn't matter to me. I didn't think it was important. I couldn't care as long as you had it on there. But you know what? It was important to him. So I adapted. Hmm. I learned how to do it right. And now, you know what? If I'm in a strange restroom and it's wrong, I flip it. <laughs> yes, yes. But because it wasn't that important to me and it was to him, it was worthy of me changing. Mm. Yeah. And that's I know. But uh, in reference to your question, um, I, you know, to, to, I don't mind verbalizing this. I am more naturally the clam of our relationship when it came to confrontation in the beginning of getting to know each other and dating and then certainly into marriage. And it took me a long time to realize that I truly could trust Zach with all of my thoughts and that he wouldn't reject me for them. Mm. And it took me a long time to get to that point. And it took a lot of encouragement from him um, to pull all of those deeper thoughts out. I just always naturally wanted to deal with my own emotions and not bring him into it. Mm. Um, so that I didn't hurt him so that I didn't cause him pain so that I didn't cause a fight. Um, I'm very anti-conflict naturally. So, but that would create conflict within me and it was cutting him out, not mm. allowing him to bring that all to the surface and just deal with it. And that was something that he really helped me and in his strength of communication. And I think you could probably say that we over communicate now, but that was a change that I had to make in truly trusting him. And so sometimes I think I probably verbalize too much these days because I now feel completely safe in that relationship that he's yeah. not going anywhere and I can trust him with all of those thoughts. Hmm. And that's something that he did. Yeah. I just want to like, it's just so funny to me how different people are because I like that's Lindsay's experience and, and hearing it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, although I am the exact opposite of Lindsay. So like I am naturally a conflicting person. 
um, it's been in me, like, and anyone in my family will tell you, like, I was the person that had all the conflicts all growing up. Like, that was me. That was, like, my identity, which, you know, that's a whole other story. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so if we're, like, in an argument, right, I was the one that was, like, uh, oh, we're not letting this alone until we've hashed it completely out right? Like I am there. I am in your face until we're done with it. And then I can move on. Oh, we've had this whole long, you know, battle and oh, okay. It's over now. I'm fine. You know, like we moved on. We're the opposite or whoever. (laughs) I can, I can put a little, I can put a little duck sound in there. You're, you're fine. And, um, yeah, so he's the opposite of that. So in in our arguments, he was the one who he would like to just, um, I guess just leave, right? Just like leave and deal with his thing away from me being in his face. And, um, but like hearing you say like the fear was that if you opened up to Zach, you felt like he would reject you, right? Um, or like he would leave. And my fear was the exact same thing. It just came out differently. was that if we didn't get all of this out right now and you walked away, then you wouldn't come back and mm. deal with it later so it's like the exact same fear of him you know, rejection and leaving right like i don't know why we i mean you know they committed their lives to us like why do we have this fear but <laughs> it's there, like the fear is there and but we just dealt with it in different ways which i just think is really interesting just how different personalities are um but also like communication and like learning to and we're definitely i feel like only maybe just now in this third year of marriage like starting to break the surface of how to do it correctly like it has not like I don't feel like we've done it well at all the past three years but like we're learning now I feel like we're doing it much better and we're you know we're, we're working um but like yeah just communicating in a way of like just respectfully bringing the issue and then also trusting like you're saying like if if my husband needs to leave to deal with things that just trusting that he'll come back to deal with them like he's committed his life to me. He's coming back. He's not, he's, he's, he's committed. He just has his own set of things to deal with. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that, you know, it's probably much healthier for me to probably deal with my things alone as well, as opposed to just hashing it all out in the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. It's much healthier to take a step back and just deal with them probably more peacefully. <laughs> But that's, I, that's what we're learning. But that's just what's interesting to me hearing you because I feel like it was the same fear, like the yeah. same basis. So. I think that's that's super important. I mean, uh, just what I've seen um, through uh, both my sisters are married and then my, my parents have been together for for 30 years or so, 30 some odd years. I should probably know that. But um, but and so just seeing how they've interacted and the different conflicts and and how the different personalities have um, worked together or, or maybe not worked so well and have seeing them try to struggle through that themselves and, and everybody's different. So you've got to know, all right, who's the over communicator? Who's the under communicator? What does this person need to process and how does this person process and how can we compromise somewhere so that we're not beating each other up? <laughs> um, so that's great. Thank you. Thank you for that insight. Um, you got something or good? Yeah, I was going to say, um, I wanted to, to kind of jump in. The counselor in me would be upset if I didn't. <laughs> um, but both of you, uh, 
Sarah and Jonathan have just mentioned this idea. Um, there, there's not a wrong and right way of doing things. There's effective and ineffective. Mm -hmm. um, and I think sometimes when we get to the topic of marriage, there's a lot of emotions involved in marriage. And so sometimes words and language can come up within communication that can have certain emotional undertones that we may or may not be intending. Um, mm -hmm. And so sometimes when it comes to, like Sarah, you were saying, like in third year of marriage, we're becoming more effective in communication. That's awesome, you know? But like, you wouldn't be where you are if you didn't have the last two years of your development. So to say that it was wrong, I think would communicate something that's not true. So like in Lindsay and I, when we communicate, um, earlier this evening, as I was coming home with dinner, uh, something was said and you know, there was just a miss. It was a really quick miss, it wasn't a big deal. Um, and we laughed about it, but that's because a lot of our, our coping mechanism in our, our relationship is humor based. And so it's like, Oh, that was a miss. That was funny. <laughs> Whoops. But again, that's because that's what's effective for us. So just again, for individuals that are out there that are thinking like a lot of shame and guilt, I don't necessarily think you need to have shame and guilt. It's just, okay, how can we be more effective with what our joint mission is? But back to you, John. Um, so shifting gears a little bit, uh, to look at more of the bringing in scripture or, or just the biblical framework of marriage, because, you know, everything we've looked at up to this point has been looking at the, the biblical framework of these various relationships. And so one of the big passages about marriage and how a mar marriage should function is Ephesians 5, as 22 through 33. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just the summation of it, the big points are that wives should submit themselves to their husbands and husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church. And uh, obviously it goes into more detail there, but um, that passage just again is Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. So, you know, if you're listening, grab a Bible, flip over there. But um, how does a passage like that play out itself in your marriages? Um, wives submitting to their husbands and husbands loving their wives. What does that look like in, in your marriage? Um, so I have a thought on that. Um, so there's a couple of different thoughts that I have on it. I think as women, oftentimes the word submit comes up and we want to grit our teeth uh, because it's, it's a word that's been abused in our culture. And I think uh, one of uh, our mentors said, uh, any any two-headed creature is a freak. And I'm a little bit nervous to, to use language quite that strong. So I'll say any two-headed creature is unique. <laughs> and if, when you have two people that are both trying to play the same role, it's not effective. I like that effective versus ineffective. And so I believe per scripture here, the the husband is called to be the head. And I believe the wife is called to be the heart. And we both have our roles. We both have um, our callings. And both are equally important, but they're different. And at the same time, I think there's a differentiation between roles and jobs. Because Zach and I are both completely capable of doing any of the jobs within our marriage. Both of us can work and earn money. Both of us can take care of the kids. Both of us can take care of the home. I can 
get under a car and change a tire if I need to. We, we can, either of us can do any of the jobs in our marriage. But our roles, I believe, are called to be different. And if we're both trying to do the same thing, we'll both be fighting over one of them and um, and losing the battle of the other. You know, one will be ignored. So um, I believe it is important to, you know, as a wife in our culture, for me to recognize that this word submit is not an evil word. It's not a bad word. I remember when I was a young girl thinking that I would love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought if I just marry a man that I can respect and that I can follow, submitting will be no problem. I think it'll be a great, I think it'll be fun. <laughs> um, and then I got married and I did marry a man that I respected and do respect and absolutely adore and believe in. But is submitting easy? No, it's not. I'm a very independent, even though I'm introverted, I'm a very independent woman who I could, I could handle whatever I need to do on my own. But would I be the most effective there? No. Would I be the most fulfilled in that? No. And so it is a daily decision um, to choose to submit to my husband's headship. But that doesn't mean that I'm setting him up as a tyrant and me as a doormat either. Mm. Um, I think, like I said, my role as the heart of our family is equally important and needed. And so if we can fill in the gaps for each other, we're such a better team than if we're both just trying to do the same thing. We're both in the same boat. We both have our oars and it's better not to try to hit each other with the other's oar. We might as well just both row the boat in the same direction. We're going to get there faster. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I liked a lot of what you, you were saying there, with especially with that nuancing of jobs and roles. Just that idea of it's not about the jobs and who can do what. It's about the roles that you play within your, your marriages and, and who gets to to take that lead, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I just I agree with everything that Lindsay said, even down to the part of before I got married, I thought it would be great <laughs> to submit. <laughs> all the way down to that. Um, I remember like I never had like just growing up in the household that I grew up with. I never had a problem with the word submit. Like it was always just every, everybody explained it in such a good light. Right. And just like a healthy Christian way. Like it was always explained well. So I don't feel like I ever had an issue with that word. So like, I, I always was like, yeah, submitting will be great, but no, you're right. It sucks. But when I think, just like I think Lindsay was saying, just like to add on to all of that, I think when you submit, not just to your husband, but to the will of God, right? Uh, and to that, that he will, that, you know, that this is the way that, you know, relationships should play out. When you submit yourself just to those roles, that you cause each other to shine so much brighter in that role. Like when I'm submitting to like faithfully and respectfully and, um, and, and encouraging him in that role as the leader and as uh, the person with responsibility and as the person who, um, you, who just takes care of us and, you know, has this, you know, role, right. Uh, when I'm doing my part faithfully, he shines so much brighter in his role. And I think when he does his part of, of loving me and caring for me, and respecting me in the ways that I need, that I shine so much brighter as as the wife and as 
you know, the caretaker here, um, like in my, in my role here. So I just think all of those things and just like when you do them well, it just makes your like, yeah, like you are that entity that works so much more effectively and brighter and shinier and prettier. <laughs> That's great. Uh, husbands, your, your thoughts on this. Um, do you, do you welcome that role of leader? Uh, how do you, how do you work on serving your wife so that submitting isn't a burden, you know, things like that? Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I love the, um, you know, I really shouldn't be sarcastic with scripture, um, but sometimes no, I mean, that's what we're, we're borderline heretics. That's what we're here to do. I love clear lines drawn <laughs> sometimes. Um, it Life isn't, and this is me, uh, life isn't that easy to parse uh, roles for. Um, so when you talk about leadership um, in marriage, uh, you know, you're, you're a leader of two, <laughs> you know, or, and in a family, you might be a leader of more, but, um, and, and you're trying to, as a, as a guy, of course, um, or a husband and you're, you're trying to lead your family. It's not, it's not clear when you need to submit to your family's desires or, uh, or their, their needs. And so it, it's a balancing act, I think. I don't think it's as, it's as clear as what it is um, necessarily in Scripture. We're, we're always playing this role uh, as husband and wives, and um, as and I'm sure Zach and Lindsay can talk more about parenthood later. We'll, we'll get to that, of course, right? <laughs> but um, but I, think, I think it's more of a balancing act than um, a clearly defined roles and lines of what we do. Um, the day-to-day the -day actions are, are already blurred. Um, but then when making bigger decisions, it, it gets, uh, it, it gets really tough, um, sometimes to, to know what's, what's the right thing to do. What's, what's God want, um, out of, out of a marriage. Um, so hmm. I'm interested to hear what Zach has to say. Go ahead and push back, man. <laughs> no, not, not, not push back. And beautiful work. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> when it comes to, uh, the just the sheer magnitude of what husbands are called to. I love it in the passage where this, the disciples, after Jesus tells a parable about marriage, they're like, who would ever get married? Um, <laughs> and you know, the, and I, I love how sarcastic the Bible can be sometimes, but <clears throat> in reality, it's husbands are called to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And he literally died for it. So as a, I have a, a rather aggressive, natural uh, personality. Uh, and so when it, I, we talk about like war, blood and guts, I'm all about it. And so when we're talking about dying for my family, it's like, yeah, like, let me grab my kilt and my claymore. Let's charge the British lines. But, you know, it's, it, it goes deeper than that because, you know, I'm supposed to love my wife. You know, it does, the Bible doesn't say go die for your wife. It says go love your wife. And it's a whole lot easier to just die on a hill than it is to make the daily fight of love. And so that's something that I think a lot of uh, men could really benefit from is this idea of what does love look like? Um, what does loving my wife look like? And uh, I absolutely agree with you, David, that life can get complicated. Uh, the, the fog of war is thick. 
And sometimes I can't always tell what's right or wrong or what God's will is in this moment. And so I ask myself, what does love look like in this moment? I don't necessarily, I can't see straight down the way. I can't know which direction to go, but I know that my wife receives love when I do this and then take that action. And that's something that I think we might get to later is when it comes to personalities, um, making sure that you know how you speak and receive love and how your spouse speaks and receives love. Um, Because I think that was something that was kind of surprising for me and Lindsay is that how I feel loved isn't necessarily the same way that she feels loved. Um, you know, when, when uh, I'm thinking about dishes in the sink, um, when I come home and Lindsay has spent time making sure that there's nothing in the sink and it comes home to a clean sink, um, I know that was an act of love because she hates doing dishes. <laughs> um, and so that's something that I can physically look at and see and know that she is expressing to me how much she loves me. Um, she also hates vacuuming, and I love to vacuum. And that's an easy way for me to show her love is by vacuuming. Um, and again, there there's deeper conversation to be had here when it comes to expressing and receiving love. But um, I I don't think like th- there's not a lot of days where I'm like, all right, how am I living out Ephesians five today? Like mm. it's not so much a, a conscious thought as much as I know that's my marching orders, mm-hmm. right? Like. Um, your mission should you choose to accept it by being a Christian is to go and make disciples. You know, that becomes a lifestyle. Um, in my marriage, uh, I swore in front of a bunch of people that I know and love that I would love her for the rest of our lives together. So that's the marching order. And, you know, are there some days where I'm not as keen on wanting to do that, whether it's for my own selfishness or weakness in heart? Sure. But those are still my marching orders. So. Uh, just to tie into Zach was talking about, you know, the husband's call to love and the tick for tap for that in scripture to the wife is to respect and uh, respect and submission goes so much further beyond just saying, okay, I'll do that. Um, women, can I get an amen that we are tonal and I might do what you said, but I'm going to let you know with my eyes and the tone in which I follow your directives that I do not agree. Mm. And, yeah. and <laughs> I don't feel any arrows there. <laughs> no, that was not to you. That was not to you. That is to all women everywhere. Um, and so truly respecting our husbands goes so much further beyond just following orders because he is not going to feel respected if our tone, ultimately our heart is not right. Submission is a heart issue. And if we don't get it right at the heart, it's going to come out in even more disrespect than if we just turned around and did the opposite thing anyway. Because I don't think our husbands want our obedience. I think they want our trust, our respect. So obedience and respect is different. And I think it's, it's difficult as wives um, to get to truly the heart of it and not just the behavior. And so I just wanted to speak into that for a second as well. Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to go off of what uh, uh, you guys were saying. Um, so even going back to, to, to David saying, you know, uh, sometime as a husband, you have to submit to your, your family's needs. Uh, and then Zach, you're saying, you know, um, 
what does love look like? And you have to know what that person receives. And, and Lindsay, you're saying it's much deeper, you know, it's a respect, it's, it's, it's a deeper thing. Um, when I was uh, going through some of my discipleship to become a pastor, uh, I went through a study on Psalm 23, and which is a, a very pastoral psalm. And uh, one of the things that was really eye-opening to me, is just in those first couple verses, um, he or it's really Psalm 23, 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. So this is where that nuance comes in. He, God, Christ as the pastor, his the husband to his bride, you know, the church, he makes them lie down in green pastures. He forces them to do what they need to do. They need rest. So the shepherd forces, he knows what's what they need in that moment. So he forces them to lie down in the pastures where they're at so that they can be filled, so they can be nourished, so they can be rested. But then he leads them beside still waters. There's nothing wrong with rushing waters. Rushing waters we know are far cleaner than still waters. But sheep are afraid of rushing waters. They can't do it. They, they are terrified of rushing waters. And so rushing waters would actually be better for the sheep. But because they're afraid of rushing waters, he leads them beside the still waters. And so he submits to the needs of his sheep. He knows exactly what they need. And because he loves them, he gives them to that, gives that to them. And so this idea of, of love with the husband you know, sometimes it's doing the hard thing of this is actually the right decision. We're going to make this decision, and it's my responsibility to make this re- decision. And I believe this is the right call. Boom, we're going to do it. But there's also the aspect of, look, it's not a big issue, but I love you. So I'm going to do something in your in your fear. And obviously when it's talking about the sheep, it's the fear. But whatever the need of the family is, it's like, look, there's a better decision but this isn't a bad decision, and I'm going to submit that to you. And that goes to the heart of it. The The heart of the shepherd is for the sheep. And so the actions that come later are all motivated by his love for the sheep. And in the same way, respect. Respect could be, yes, all right, you've made this decision. I love you. I trust you. I'm going to follow it. But respect could also be like, let me push back a little bit. And, and actually not just be a doormat here. I, I'm going to respect you enough to tell you why I think that's wrong. But then, if you still decide to do that, I'm going to respect you enough to follow you. And so there's there's the attitude that, that underneath it that might play out in different actions. Yeah, Can I jump in on that real quick? Yeah, for sure. There's something else that um, kind of relates to what you're talking about, Lindsay and I do, um, and we learned it from some mentors of ours that have been married for almost 45 years now, I think. But anyway, um, it's called the 80-20 rule. And I, as the head, I think that's that's my role that what God's called me to do. <clears throat> I make about 20% of the decisions. Lindsay, who's not the head, makes about 80% of the decisions. And most of that is because she's in charge of the house. She's in charge of the kids. And so she does a lot more of the kind of day-to-day function as to what keeps our household running, which tends to require a lot more decisions. Um, and then I tend to make decisions when it comes to like, all right, this is what we're doing. This is the ministry we're partaking in. This is the vision of where God is moving us. So I don't make as many decisions, 
but they tend to be a little bit larger and consequential, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Can you touch on that a little bit, Lindsay, to explain where I'm leaving gaps? No, that was good. I just, and so he allows me, to, and I, I often tend to care more about those smaller things. Um, right, the heart. Yeah, the heart of it. And, um, and so I do make the majority by number of decisions in our home, but when it comes down to it, if there's a, if we're in a disagreement on vision, on where we're going with our family, on something that's, that's a rock, a bedrock issue, if we have a disagreement on it, regardless of how I ultimately feel, and I do express, like you were saying, Jonathan, because I think that's part of my role, um, is to, to be his helpmate which is what I kind of call myself is, is not to just quietly just follow with my head down. You know, I need to help alert things, but if we disagree on something and I have verbalized where I stand, ultimately I'm going to say, I'll follow you. I trust you. And I'm with you all the way. And if we had a couple of bumps in the road along the way, because of it wasn't the right decision, that's okay. We'll get through it together, and I'm I'm in your boat, and I'm following you. I like that. Thank you. So obviously, there's a lot of um, working this out, right? There's a lot of things that you know. Scripture can be like, okay, it's this and this, but when it comes into practice, it takes a lot of living it. Um, and and you guys have mentioned mentors. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the church's role in marriage. So um, it, it's meant to be that support system, that network. It's that idea. Uh, for, you, for you guys, do you have a support system? Is that something that you went into marriage looking for? Um, do you find it in the church? Do you have it through your family? You know, can you, can you speak a little bit into, you know, who do you have to support you in, in your marriage? Who do you look to? <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of churches do have a support system and, um, or like even our church has, you know, like, and there's like those Bible study, you know, in the morning, what are those called? Sunday school, I guess, like, you know, just for, (laughs) just for married couples, right? Like, I feel like most churches have that and that's, you know, that's a good thing. That's great. And Our church doesn't really have uh, like a, you know, a married couple like mentoring program or uh, they don't really, it's not a whole lot of fostering of, you know, marriages Mm. in our church. Um, Mostly our mentors are our family members, Mm -hmm. so not so much outside. (laughs) You don't have to add this in there. I disagree with him on that because I think they do have the programs. We just don't go to them. So I think you kind of have to take advantage of what's there if you want it. But that's just my personal, you know, thing there. But I think they do. I mean, they had like, okay, last time we were at church, the girl invited us to the married, specific married couples uh, Bible study. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, for our personal marriage, I think that the, yeah, our, the, you know, where we get our most support, I think is like our parents and like our married siblings and our married friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like just people, like, I don't know, like, I guess maybe in our church specifically, I don't do daily life with as many as them as I do like, mm-hmm. or talk as much as just like the married people that like I've been friends with previously or, right. um, 
it's the list of the ministries, and none of them are mayor's ministry. <laughs> hey, that's what it. Okay, all right, that's enough. All right. So. Uh, okay, so uh, let me let me come in as a little bit of a mediator here, um, because because this is a thing that is is very common in a lot of churches. Churches, uh, by and large, um, are not as intentional as they could be or as not as intimate as they could be in in some ways and so yeah there, there's probably a married sunday school um but it really does take a lot of intentionality to establish those relationships on both parts right so from the the church from those who are in the church and those who are coming to be a part of that so i can see both aspects and i will keep this in because it's great <laughs> all right zach Lindsay, your thoughts there so we, uh, we attend, we're a part of a small house church. Mm-hmm. Um, so our, in our community is awesome. Um, there's not so much of a formal program, um, that, you know, like I there's said, not it's a very list small. Of ministries. Right. <laughs> but, but I, we, um, having mentors that have gone before us are, is really important to me. Um, uh, it's really important to Zach. Um, and I think part of a big part of the reason why we are healthy um, is that we have a strong, um, we have several mentors that are different, like varying ages and lengths of marriage um, that we've like attached ourselves to like barnacles um, because we don't know. We didn't know when we came into marriage what it was going to take. We didn't know. We still don't know. Five years is a milestone, but it's like, it's a very small one in comparison to people that, um, that have been married for decades. And so our mentors aren't, aren't a part of our Sunday morning gathering. Um, but they're in our lives throughout the week. And I, um, absolutely attach myself to those women and I am begging them for just the, the crumbs of bread that drop from their tables on how to have a stronger and better and healthier marriage because I don't have it together. Mm-hmm. And there's something I can take from each of them. Yeah, so I, <clears throat> I would also agree with uh, Sarah and David that our parents are also uh, big resources that we uh, leverage because both sets of parents are, are very uh, dedicated and strong with other and their families so there's a lot we learned from that um, yeah uh, it's actually pretty interesting to think about zach as you talk about parents uh all four of us uh and jonathan your parents right um they've all been together for whatever 30 years i think right yeah so that's mm-hmm. a, definitely a um, big difference between the rest of uh, society for the most part mm-hmm. well and and i would i would say that they, that's part of our preparatory experience and for our listeners that don't have that, that doesn't mean that you can't have that. Um, but I would definitely look at that and say that I was incredibly grateful for that model and that experience in our lives. But our our mentors are, you know, we've got several friends that are, you know, their kids are older than ours. Um, and they're not that much older as far as age or marriage length. We have other friends that um, are grandparents. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of benefit that comes from the fact that we, we defined the marriage that we wanted to have. Uh, we found people that had the results of the marriage that we wanted to have. And we just asked them, what do we need to do to make sure that we become the people that have that, those kind of marriages? 
Um, to to kind of add into the idea of the parenthood, uh, both my both my parents had uh, their parents had some pretty rocky marriages. Um, my my dad's uh, parents uh, were divorced uh, when he was a, a teenager, and so there was I mean there was a lot of of rocky things in both of my uh, sets of grandparents, and uh, one of the things that because they didn't have those strong parents to to fall back on. Um, they made a decision that they they were going to kind of do the opposite. <laughs> so they had they had bad uh, experiences with their parents and, and that marriage. And so um, I don't know for certain about any kind of mentors that they might have had or, or that, but uh, they looked at what went wrong with their parents', their parents' marriage, and they're like, all right, we're going to do things differently. And so even without, I mean, I'm sure they would have, uh, gladly taken some some better mentors in that early stages of marriage, but even with with negative examples, um, they're able to look at that and say, okay, what can we do better than what our parents had done? So. All right, uh, last question that I've got, uh, and and you know, we'll fr- feel free to add some more if you guys can think of some things, some awesome insights. Uh, but the the last question that I've got is, how do you find balance? between your your marriage and, and like your relationship with your spouse and then with all the other relationships that that you have so your relationship with your family your relationship with your friends uh, your relationship with God and, and your relationship with yourself even as an individual how do you balance all those things with with your relationship with your spouse um I just I mean there's a lot into that yeah and- for sure all of those different relationships is is you know there's just like a lot of different things but my i just have one thing about when uh when david and i were dating <laughs> and we were about two and a half hours apart and not only that but he was also a firefighter which meant that he worked on 24-hour shifts so then when we did come you know when we did move closer together before we got married and then when we moved in when we got married he was still a firefighter and you know it was those 24 hour shifts of him like you know literally being gone out of the house for 24 hours um which meant he didn't come home at night or anything like that so i just remember like bringing into marriage like almost this like covetousness of his time um like when he was home nothing else mattered like no one else mattered like he was home so he was my priority so like that I feel like that just carried over for a long time I think it still carries over not like I don't care anymore but um but like it was like it was you know he was here and I don't I don't get him all the time so if he's here like I would literally my sisters would come over and I'd be like y'all have to go my husband's coming home like bye Mm-hmm. Like I'm making out with him now. <laughs> like I would send them away and say, you know, it's time. It's mine and my husband's time. Or like I would not go to functions or events or whatever because I knew he would be home, and that was you know, he was my priority for that. And that was more of just, I guess, kind of a carryover from like long distance that I was just like jealous of his time, right? Like I, you know, I coveted it. Um, now I'm home every day and she wants me to leave. <laughs> now, like COVID, I feel like changed things. Like there, when we were literally home together for 24 hours a day for for months on end. I mean, you know, there's like you can only have so much of a person, and I don't. I think that's not a bad thing. I think that's normal. My mom even used to tell me she's like, "There's a reason why the guy has the job." <laughs> I guess 
he leaves. And then he comes back. <laughs> and we can love him when he's here. You can't then, miss somebody who's always there. Exactly. You can't. You can't. They are always there. So I think it's, yeah. I think, you know, enjoy time while you have it and prioritize that while you have that. Um, and it's okay. Obviously, like all those other relationships are, are super important and really healthy. And like, you have to have them. I think as just human beings, we need, it, you know, circles need to be bigger than two. Like you have to exist within, you know, a larger group. Like we are, I think we are a herd, uh, a herd animal. <laughs> I just think we are. Um, so all of those people are important in our lives, but, but yeah, like your spouse, I think is your, should be your priority. And like, if you stop making them a priority and just kind of don't, you know, if everybody else takes precedence, like that's going to take a toll Mm. Um, you can't survive that way either. So, I think it's about bringing the uh, your spouse into your other relationships too. Mm. Like, I think that's uh, the fundamental yeah. part. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, it's not like setting aside specific time necessarily. Um, now you're you're together. You know, so like you're you just gotta figure out try to blend as much of your 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 friend group that you had uh together now with your spouse and that automatically doubles right because your spouse has a, a friend group and so when you bring your friend group together and they bring their friend group together now you've doubled the uh the size of your group and influence that you can have right. and so you know as an individual now as a, as a married partner so i think that's extremely important um i think i would build off of what Sarah was saying with prioritizing um, your spouse. We're in a whole new, it's a whole new ball game with small children. That's something that we are navigating now, certainly have not mastered. And parenting is, that is obviously a different topic. But for this conversation, it is an extra challenge um, when it was just the two of us prioritizing Zach was, it felt a lot easier, um, because it was just when he came home, it was the two of us and I could just focus on him. Um, it is a lot harder for me now to prioritize his needs and him above the screaming needs of my children who just seem so much more urgent and are begging for my attention. And Zach is just more of a gentleman. His needs are a lot, he's a lot quieter. And so I could miss it. And that's something that I've really been challenged on lately for some of the books I've been reading. And I'll share some of those titles at the end. Um, but one of the books that I was reading was just challenging me again to prioritize his needs first. Um, and it's hard to do with small children, but um, in all aspects. So a, um, I talk with my sister a good bit. But when Zach comes home, uh, we hang up. Oh, my husband's home. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And that just that little thing, uh, similar to Sarah, what you were saying, that that small thing just tells him, hey, I respect you. And you're you. It's not that my sister's not important to me. Of course, she is. But I want you to know that you are priority above. If my husband has a disagreement with someone in my family, my um, tie is first to him. Um, my loyalty is first to him. And um, when it comes to the children, still figuring that one out. But I know where my priority needs to be because I was his girlfriend first. I was his wife first. I was his lover first before I was a mother. And, um, and that's really important. And so I would just say 
that I know that my husband needs to be second, second to my relationship with my God. My husband is very much next. And that's easier said than done. Mm. But that's where he needs to be in my heart. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to this idea of integrating these different elements of previous standing relationships, I, I like to visualize it as three circles that overlap. So Lindsay is an I, I am an I, and then the overlap is the we. Because there are certain things that Lindsay has interest in or is very good at that I could care two flutes about. <laughs> um, and there are some things that I'm very good at and have interest in that Lindsay cares two flutes about. And so that's why it's good for us to have things individually that make us who we are. But then there are a lot of things, at least in our relationship, our we is very large. Um, neither one of us have very strong eyes outside of the, the marriage. And I think some marriages can can maybe be um, encouraged that if your we is a little bit smaller than another couple's we, that's okay. That's their relationship, but this is your relationship. Um, uh, I have uh, some people I really respect. Um, and, and sometimes it almost is like, wait, you guys are married? Because they just don't do a lot together, but they're in the middle of where God has them. And that's just the way their marriage works. And it works very effectively for them because they both are very interested in very different things, but they excel at that. And so they come together on the things they're jointed on, and then they have their individual lives. So I think, uh, you know, I've said this in other podcasts, make sure that you do your self-reflection, make sure that you are self-aware and that you're intentional about these different elements as you decide what is my role or how does this work and how do I do the best that God has called me to. A couple things that um, f- from that that I want to pull out uh, is um, one. Uh, David has said, you know, that integration where you, where you can integrate, and I think our friend group has done that really well. Um, where I mean, we all started with that little uh, family, you know, gathering at, at CIU. Uh, that that friend group is, is pretty pretty solid, and and there's a great blend there with the spouses and the friends. And so you get, you know, friend time and spouse time and it's all rolled into one. Um, but one thing that I, I really respect, uh, uh both of y'all, uh, for, um, and, and especially, so, I mean, we, we could have had Rob and his wife in on this. Um, and, but they also do this. Um, I've heard from, from, uh, from Sharon, from Lindsay, from, uh, from Sarah, all, hey, uh, so-and-so needs to spend some time with the guys. So, hey, can y'all take him? <laughs> you know, can y'all, uh, can y'all, you know, planning something to give the guys time with, with us, you know, with the rest of the rest of the guys. Um, and so even though obviously that's a priority to spend time with your spouses, it's just like, hey, they need their friends too. And you ladies you know, messaging one of us. It's like, Hey, can you take him for the day? <laughs> can you, can you spend the day with him? Uh, cause he needs to not be around the house today or he needs to be with his guys for today. And uh, I really respect all y'all for doing that. I mean, that's just a, a really interesting thing that, I mean, I, you know, that's, that was just new to me. It's like, Oh, Hey, um, you know, it's the weekend. Are you guys doing something? Why don't you take him for today? Why don't you take him? He needs guy time. 
Um, and I always was really impressed by that. I thought that made a big impact on me. Um, and, and all y'all have done that. All y'all have done that. Um, including Rob and Sharon have, have done that as well. Um, that's what I always think about that. Like, I feel like I hear in like just social media, like movies, TV shows, com comedians, like whatever. They're always talking about how, oh, like, oh, the wife, she doesn't ever want me to hang out with my friends. And like, oh, like, it's always a control. Like, don't hang out with my friends. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, one, don't you want him to, like, leave the house every now and again? And two, <laughs> like, that's so unhealthy not to have other, you know, like, for a guy, guy friends or for a girl, girlfriends. Like, that's unhealthy not to have that friendship. Like, it's so healthy for you guys to be together and just hang out together as men, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, I need my girlfriends to talk with as girls. Like, it just doesn't make any sense when I hear all that in social media. I'm like, this is just, I don't understand how anybody could ever do that. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Yeah. It just doesn't seem healthy. Yeah. I, think it's, I, think, I think all that's having to do with, like, guys who are not really great influences on themselves, you know? So Maybe like, that. You know, pretty chill and relaxed yeah. yeah you know nobody's daring uh another guy to go jump off of a really tall building or go get drunk <laughs> right like that. So, you know, that is we're true. not we're not trying to do stupid things here yeah y'all can I mean, trust that not anymore zach you're breaking my heart <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get them we'll get them to go skydiving um but no, y'all can trust that the, the the craziest thing we're gonna get we're gonna do is go to taco bell at, at 12 in the morning um <laughs> We're too old for living on the edge. You're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, guys, I don't have any other questions. This has been great. I've really enjoyed this, and we've got to do this more often. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Lindsay, you said you had some some books that you wanted to recommend. Um, so uh, I'll I'll throw this out to anybody. If you've got some books or some great resources that you want to recommend to our listeners. Here's your chance. Please do. Okay. So yes. Um, thank you. There's a couple of books that I wanted to recommend. Um, I always have my nose in a book. If there's something that I need to learn, someone else has written on it. And so my focus right now in where I want to grow is in my marriage and in my parenting skills. So for marriage, two books specifically for the wives um, the one that I just finished is called Becoming the Woman of His Dreams. It's by Sharon James. Um, it was phenomenal. It's one of those books, ladies, at one point you might want to throw it across the room, but give it a shot and finish it because it's worth the read. And it really challenged me. The other one is called Finding the Hero in Your Husband. And it's by Dr. Juliana uh, Slattery. That was another phenomenal book um, on just rediscovering your man. And I just thought that was beautiful. Um, and then two other books that is for either spouse is the DNA of relationships, really studying, understanding, um, what makes a good relationship tick. And the other one that was absolutely formative to our relationship from the very beginning was sacred marriage by Dr. Gary Thomas, Thompson, excuse me. And, um, that one was all about getting, getting the heart of it right. Why are you getting married in the first place? Is it for you? Because if it's for you, it's not going to fly. It's not going to go very well. Um, but um, marry to help make the other person better. And if your heart is always there, um, 
and to help sanctify the other person, your marriage can be incredible. And so those are some of the books that I would recommend for um, growth in your relationship. That's great. Um, and and uh, just for those listening, I'll, I'll include, um, I'll, I'll write those out in the show notes as well. Um, so if you didn't quite catch them all, um, go go to uh, the page and, and, and look up the show notes. Um, it'll be the the titles and the authors will be in the description. So definitely check that out. That's great. Any other any other tidbits? Any other recommendations? Books or just like solid advice um, before we wrap up here? Um, I feel like we covered a lot for this one. But we should do it again. I'm sure there's more. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, if that's all, thank you guys again for, for joining me and answering these burning questions. Um, it was awesome. I absolutely loved it. Uh, as always, for those of you listening, you can find us on, a, on the socials, uh, on Instagram and Facebook. I'm not going to plug Twitter anymore. I might just delete that whole thing. Um, <laughs> But you can find us uh, at BL Heretics on Facebook or Instagram. You could also go uh, email us at um, it's blhstudios21 at gmail, and we'd be happy to answer any questions you have. If you got questions specifically towards marriage, uh, send them in, and I'll, I'll I'll send them to you guys and, and get your your thoughts, and we'll we'll bring them back out. Um, so, uh, but yeah, this was great, and um, well, David, I, I mean. It's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's still me, right? Yeah. Still me? Uh, not for the jam. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>